Welcome to the Juicy Podcast. My name is Liz Elam, and I am the founder of Juicy, which is the Global Coworking Unconference Conference, or now we've changed it to the Global Coworking Unconference Community, because now we offer full-time membership where you can collaborate with your other Juicy Coworking friends 24-7, 365. You can find out all about Juicy on Juicy.co. But today, we're not here to talk about Juicy. We're here to speak with our good friend, Nick Clark of Common Desk. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Liz. And I like the, I like the name change on Juicy. Um, yeah. It's been a little bit more of a community. So, uh, so I love it. Thank you. Thank you. How are you faring with all the uh, pandemic fun? <laughs> you know, it's been, it's been a year. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'll say this, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. I feel like as a, my family in particular, our staff, our community has, has stayed relatively COVID free, which has been great. So you, you honestly can't ask for much more than that. But yeah, as an entrepreneur, it's been a year. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a weird year of like having to operate spaces that are closed down, which is harder than operating spaces that are open. Thankfully, mm-hmm. we haven't had to permanently close any of our locations, which I'm very grateful for that, you know, but we have had to lay a couple of people off here and there. And that's been really tough. Luckily, we've been able to bring most of them back, you know, but morale has been a tough thing to manage as well as a leader this year. And it's been a, a big focus with our corporate team of just making sure that, you know, the people are hanging in there and the people still, you know, really kind of believe in the mission of Common Desk and what we're trying to do and how we're continuing to move things forward. And so, you know, I, I I would say that we're hanging in there. We're, we're, we're doing relatively well, probably com- compared to other companies out there. And I'm just very grateful that, that we're still around, we're still healthy, and, and we're, we're now really looking forward to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I really feel like I've been on a roller coaster and I thought I knew when the ride was over and now I don't know when I'm getting off of it. And part of, I think my frustration was, I thought things were going to end most earlier or a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. And um, then when I keep realizing that, oh, I can't do an event in the fall. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to do one in the spring. Like everything just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And so I heard you mention, you know, keeping up your employees morale. And I know you've done a few things around that. Can you share with us how you're trying to address that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've seen that, you know, as my you know, kind of biggest job at this point this year of just continuing to kind of check in on people. As a a company, we've really restructured the way we do company-wide meetings, which has been helpful this year. I mean, we're doing a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of company Mm -hmm. Zoom calls. We're still trying to find ways to make room for fun. I I hope the entire industry has always felt like Common Desk. I really value fun and we really value Mm -hmm. the weird side of who we are. I mean, so we've just continued to try to make time for that. And it's just looked a little different in 2020 than it has in the past. But thankfully, it hasn't been lost with everything else. We're having to kind of navigate through. Definitely, definitely. You also mentioned Common Desk Mission. What is Common Desk Mission? It's to enhance every workday by creating thoughtful moments, human interactions, and a sense of belonging for all. So I love uh, it. That just rolled right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it was kind of interesting. You know, obviously we've dealt with COVID, but we've also had a lot of uh, a lot of different issues in the country this year with um, with racism and and the riots and and you know something that we've really been 
been able to lean on as a company is those last two words of our mission statement, which is the for all part, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, which was kind of a rallying cry for Common Desk this year. And it was something that really brought us together. So my suggestion to everybody out there is if if you haven't really focused on your mission statement as a company, it's I think it's incredibly important, especially in a year like 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I see Juicy's role in the pandemic is really one of offering hope and education. And that's what we've been trying to do during this time. But, um, you know, speaking of Juicy, let's talk about how we met because I personally love this story. (laughs) Yeah. So this is interesting. It was early 2012 and I had quit my job in commercial real estate. And at the time, I thought I was going to start like a, a kind of a boutique third-party property management company. And it would take me 30 minutes to tell the full story. So I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'll tell you that my initial endeavors and and thoughts on a third-party property management company fell flat on its face and did not work out. And during that time, I actually discovered co-working. I walked into the very first co-working space I'd ever seen. This is probably February of 2012. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. I mean, it's I'm not a love at first sight guy. Um, mm-hmm. Katie Joe, my wife would tell you that. The uh, But I did fall in love with co-working right off the bat. And um, I thought there was something magical to it. And so... I instantly decided, hey, this is co-working has a lot of the things that I wanted to kind of um, pump into a property management company. And so I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of shift gears a bit and really focus on getting a co-working company off the off the ground, see where it goes. And one of my first things I did, and this is so weird to me still, is I, I just, I remember Googling, I was like, there's got to be some sort of a co-working <laughs> conference where I could learn some things. The, and so I Googled it and sure enough, the uh, the global co-working conference was in Austin that year, and it was one week like it, it was one week from the date that I mm-hmm. I it. And so, uh, Liz, Liz, your name popped up. I remember emailing you, and you emailed me back pretty quickly. I was able to get a ticket and jump on down to Austin for that for that conference. And that conference changed my life because I'll tell you this, Liz, I don't think Common Desk would have ever gotten off the ground without Juicy. That's why I've always been very appreciative of Juicy, very appreciative of you. Um, it takes it takes a tribe to get a company off the ground. And I was able to kind of meet my people, um, meet a few peers that really helped me along. You were one of them. I'll never forget one of our first conversations. Um, I wanted to go open a 20,000 square foot co-working operation. <laughs> Liz told me I was psycho and that, uh, and that I really needed to size that down a bit. And I'm, I'm glad I did. At the time. <laughs> it really made it, it, you know, we were able to open our first location, which was about four 4,000 square feet. And we were able to grow it from there, but it, it really helped Common Desk get off the ground. Yeah. Well, I love hearing that because, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is juicy is to foster co-working around the world. And I love every now and then I hear stories that I didn't know happened. Like somebody met an investor at Juicy or somebody, I didn't know this a couple years ago, found out somebody met at Juicy and got married. I was like, what? How do I not know this? And why wasn't I invited to the wedding? Um, So yeah, there's so many hidden stories out there. So if you've got a hidden juicy story, please send it to me um, because I am trying to collect them. But yeah, and then, you know, what I, the other thing I love about this story is it all came full circle not too long ago when, which, I could have never, ever possibly foreseen and that I sold my co-working brand, Link Co-working, to Nick. 
That's true. Like that was so crazy to me. I was like, you never know what happens at Juicy, and apparently, um, you know, brands get bought because of Juicy. So that was That's so true. cool. We can both say that that was a win-win for for both of us, and so it did. It did come full circle. I've always been very proud of our brand's relationship with Juicy and my personal relationship with mm-hmm. you. Very yeah. Helpful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, one of the things that I heard somebody say recently was like, if you don't have like a real focus for your co-working brand, if you haven't put it in a niche, you know, you're, you're not going to be relevant in the future, which I actually disagree with. But I was just curious to find out what you think makes Common Desk different from other brands. Yeah, absolutely. I think there there's a few things about Common Desk that make us a little different. One, you know, we we always talk a, a ton about authenticity at, at Common Desk. And you'll you'll feel it when you walk into our space, you feel it with our staff, you feel it with even the way that we design. Um, we use very authentic materials throughout all of our spaces. You know, you're not gonna see aluminum storefronts at Common Desk for a reason. We love our wood, we love our steel because those are very real materials. And so then we we try to be very real with our our members. And I, I believe people have really felt that with Common Desk over the years. And we're we're growing pretty quickly these days, but we're still yeah, growing. You are. We're growing at a rate that allows us to not have to just standardize everything across the board. We do not want to do that. You know, when we look at you know, they always compare co-working to the hospitality industry and different hotel brands. We're not trying to be a Hilton Marriott, you know, we're, if you're familiar with the brand, like Arrive, Arrive Hotels. Mm-hmm. And we love brands like that because, you know, every single location that they do is incredibly different from the last location. And that's what Common Desk is, is, is out there doing um, with our brand. And it makes it, it makes it really fun for our members. They get to experience these different types of Common Desk across the board. If, if you're in kind of a gritty neighborhood like Deep Ellum in Dallas, you're getting a little bit of a grittier Common Desk. <laughs> if we're in a downtown high-rise and we're in the Class AA high-rise of a downtown central business district, then you're getting a Class AA type, type Common Desk. And so it really allows us to kind of flex towards a neighborhood or flex towards a sub-market and the type of Common Desk that we're building out. And honestly, that's just a lot of fun fun for us. Um, and fun is another word. I know it's a very simple word, but it's another word we talk a, a ton about. We we always want to make sure that with each day that we're approaching, that we're having fun and that fun mm-hmm. is front and center. And we make sure that with our spaces, I mean, at times I would even say that we might slightly overstaff. And we, we do that so the staff can have fun with the members and the staff can always take 20, 30 minutes and have a beer break in the courtyard. I'm talking about your, your link co-working. <laughs> there. Um, or, or, you know, just if a member is struggling with their day, hey, go sit down with them, have a cup of coffee, yeah. a conversation. I think those are the things that, that have really kind of made the brand a little different over the years. And then, you know, lastly, it's, I think it goes back to consistency. If we're going to say that, then we need to do it mm-hmm. on a day in, day out basis. And so just remaining consistent, that goes from, we call our corporate staff, our support staff, because corporate is just too serious of a word for us. And so that means that our, our, our support staff is consistent with our community staff, which is, you know, all of our employees that are the boots on the ground at the locations. We feel mm-hmm. like 
the most important job out of anybody at Common Desk because they are on the front lines. They are catering, catering to members on a daily basis. And then it's consistency with our community staff, with our members. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's it's those little things day in, day out that that I believe have made the the, the brand what it is today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I work out of a Common Desk here in Austin, Texas, and I love it. So couple of things. One is I want to hear about the latest opportunity you guys signed in Dallas because it sounds super interesting and maybe a little different from a typical management agreement. And then the other thing that I want to address after that is, you know, I'm a big proponent of cover up your city before you leave it because I've seen so many operators extend outside of their city a little too early. And you think that, you know, it's just a two-hour flight, but if you add it all up, it ends up being a lot of time to go visit a outside-of-state co-working space. And I've seen you cover up Dallas. I've seen you cover up Austin. I know you're started on Houston, but then you made this interesting move over to North Carolina. And I want to talk about what drove that and how that's working. So quick recap, I asked you six questions. Yeah, I was like, a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the first one is, what's your latest venture in Dallas? Because that seemed like it was a little bit different. Yes. So in Dallas, we, we, we recently signed a deal um, it's our second location in Deep Ellum, which if you're not familiar with Dallas, Deep Ellum is this really kind of cool, hipster, gritty neighborhood just on the east side of downtown Dallas. Um, it's where Common Desk actually began as a brand back in 2012. And so we just signed a deal. Uh, it's a building called the Continental Gen Building. It's about 100000 square foot, three-story, mostly office building that is being restored. It's about a hundred-year-old building, which is really cool. Just, you know, brick and mortar, old timber build project. And the the, the landlord that bought the building a couple of years ago, um, they really wanted to do something that was just insanely different from anything else that is out there on the market right now. And this landlord just, they spoke a very similar language uh, to us as far as kind of what the vision for the future of office might look like and what a truly holistic offering would be um, across an entire building. Um, And so with that project, Instead of doing a typical management agreement, which a typical management agreement for us is, you know, we're typically going in on one or two floors of an office building. And for the landlord, we are managing those one or two floors in the building. But there's still another 10 floors in the building. There's the retail down at the bottom. There's obviously the entire lobby experience. There's a lot of other things that are going on that we do, you know, that we do not have any sort of management and on and nor are we dictating any any of the design or the experience around those other parts of the building. And so with the Continental Gen building what made it really different for us is it's the first time a landlord handed us an entire building and wow. said you guys we want you to program everything, we want you to design everything and then we want you to manage and operate everything which is exciting for us now like because this is kind of getting to the vision of what the future of common desk looks like but it's allowing us to test out some new things as a company because we are truly leasing and managing the entire building and we designed the whole thing internally and so what is what the public is going to see from us on this next year is you've got an entire floor dedicated to co-working on the second floor of the building on the third floor of the building it's basically an entire floor of what i would consider as you know fully furnished spec suites you know so full team suites that are across the entire third floor and then on the first floor when you walk in 
Some of you might be familiar that we own a coffee brand as well called Fiction Coffee. The lobby is anchored by a Fiction Coffee. So you walk in and there's this like really cool coffee experience in the lobby. And the entire lobby is really meant to be, you know, it, it, it will look, feel, and operate just like a really cool boutique hotel. Uh, the only differences are that there will, will be a few bookable conference rooms kind of right off of that lobby. Mm -hmm. um, so People can jump in and out of meetings when they need to. And then the rest of the first floor are a few different retail opportunities, hopefully for some really cool restaurants once uh, once COVID lifts and we're able to kind of get back into the retail leasing. So uh, it's going to be a really neat project. And the fact that it's the first time I've seen, at least in Dallas, a truly holistic offering across an entire building where the co-working operator is able to dictate the experience, the design, and the programming across the entire asset. And so it, it was a it was a landmark deal for us. It's something we're incredibly excited about, and 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 we believe it's a big part of the future direction of Common Desk. Well, congratulations! The building looks amazing. I can't wait to see it, and it, it sounds super super exciting. I can't imagine like the opportunity to design a hundred thousand square feet just sounds so much fun. Yeah, it was a blast. It, it, I bet. I bet. Awesome. Now let's get to um, you know, you've covered up parts of Texas and then all of a sudden you're like, and now we're in North Carolina. So tell me about why North Carolina and how that's working for y'all. Sure. So uh, a couple of years ago, we decided, hey, w w we do want to grow. And, and so if, if that's the case, how do we want to grow? And uh, we really define ourselves as a Southern company. Um, we're, we're one of the larger co-working companies out of the South. Um, and we enjoy being a Southern company. It's, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of our landlord partners have, have a portfolio that is heavily rooted throughout the South. And so we made the decision, hey, we, we, we want to stay in the Southeast. Um, you're not going to see our brand go to LA anytime soon. There's been a couple of opportunities because we do have some landlord uh, relationships out mm -hmm. there. Um, we're not going to be in LA. We're not going to be in the Northeast. Um, we're going to stay in the Southeast and, and we're going to slowly penetrate um, new markets that we enjoy and that we have good relationships in. Um, and then when we do that, we're going to have a game plan on going really deep in those markets. Because I agree with you, Liz, it's, it is it is a bad idea to expand, <laughs> to expand into a, a, a new market without a, a, a really vast game plan on how you're going to penetrate that market. And so we've been really careful not to be opportunistic with our expansion. You know, I think that's, you know, going back to what you were citing earlier, Liz, that's, that's the mistake some operators have made in the past. Mm -hmm. It can be heavily detrimental just saying, hey, like we've got somebody who's going to pay for our build out over here in Orlando. And so let's go to Orlando and yeah. figure it out. I mean, I think we all know that the co-working business, uh, it's too complex for that. You know, it, it, it does take, you know, some really solid boots on the ground, your eyes on the project. And you're right. It is hard to do that when, when you're when you're jumping on an airplane and and taking a two-hour flight to somewhere else. And so going back to North Carolina and why North Carolina for us, it is kind of the the opposite side of the bookend of the Southeast. Mm. We've, we've really anchored Texas. And now we're, we've got a strategy on really anchoring North Carolina. We've signed one deal in Raleigh. Uh, we've signed a deal in Wilmington, which if you're not familiar with Wilmington, it's like the coolest beach town and their economy is just on fire. And they've mm. got 
coolest downtown where uh, where Common Desk will be. But you know, and North Carolina presents a lot of opportunities with Charlotte, Durham, uh, possibly even Chapel Hill. Um, yeah, that triangle is killing it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good things going on there. And then we had a lot of relationships that helped kind of bring us into. North Carolina. But we really felt like just with everything that we were seeing, it was an underserved market compared to markets like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of co-working in Atlanta. And Atlanta, at first glimpse, seemed like it made a lot of sense for our brand. Everybody always compares Atlanta with Dallas. And yeah. the, the two cities have a lot of similarities to them. But there's a ton of co-working in Atlanta already. Mm-hmm necessarily want to be that brand that just comes in and tries to elbow our own room mm-hmm. in the market. You know, we we do try to look at the ecosystem of co-working, who the other players are out there, who are the other independents that are already serving a market well. And if they're there and they're doing it well, then why would Common Desk you know, come in and just mm-hmm. add product in a market unnecessarily. Well, you know, and it's so interesting. I love that you like basically put your stakes in the ground and was like, okay, we're going Dallas to North Carolina. Like, I love that, that you put that territory out there. But I also know every time I say like, I'm never going to blah, 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 it happens. So I feel like you're going to go national. I'm just going to go ahead and predict that now. Um, I'm also... We'll we'll do an updated podcast next next year. Exactly. I need you to explain yourself on why <laughs> you're in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, that's totally happening. Or like London. Because the thing is, you know, Nick, there's not a lot of brands. Like there's either really big brands or there's really small brands. And there's a few that are kind of hanging out in the middle, like Common Desk, Bond, um, common grounds and a few others. And, you know, I think you guys, you know, once this pandemic ends, the amount of landlords coming at you, wanting you to come help them do this flexible thing or this co-working thing, I think is going to be off the charts. But I also think, you know, we can learn a lot from perhaps the WeWork situation. I just finished reading the billion dollar loser, not that recently, which is freaking fantastic. If you're into co-working, you have to read it. And, you know, one of the things that Reeves, the author and I pondered on another podcast was if Adam hadn't taken the SoftBank money, would he actually be in a better position today? And I say a hundred percent. So it's like, yeah, there's these really sexy opportunities that are going to come your way. And I think a big part of the winners is going to be the ones that say no. Oh yeah. I would, I would, Completely agree with you. I mean, it's, you know, this year is one of those years where there's already all of these opportunities out there. You know, I think there was an article that came out yesterday citing that one in five co-working spaces, you know, could potentially close downward. We've all already seen, unfortunately, a number of closings. Mm-hmm. That, um, and we've gotten a ton of calls on those. And we've said no to basically all of them. You know, because again, I, I think if if we went out and entertained all of those opportunities, we could look up a year and a half from now and have a very Frankenstein brand, you know, that no longer you know is true to is it you know our mission and our vision of what we're what we're trying to create. And so I I agree. I think most companies should judge themselves on when and where and why they say no to certain things. And I'll tell you this: it's it's always really powerful in a boardroom when a landlord saying, Hey, we're going to, 
we're going to build out a beautiful common desk. We're willing to spend $130 a square foot to do so. We want you here. If we say no, and we have a really good reason why, I guarantee you there will be another deal in the future that they're going to come back for and, and try to get the brand in on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be so interesting to watch. But, you know, the other thing I like to point out is, because I've had a lot of people say to me, like, oh my gosh, so many co-working spaces are closing. Yes, a lot are closing and a lot are closing for the reasons that we imagine. But a, a lot of the ones we've seen in Austin are because the lease ran out yeah. and, you know, they're going to come back and get a better lease deal. So it's not always, sometimes it is strategic, just like IWG's closings and bankruptcies. A lot of that's just strategic. They're just looking at underperforming properties and be like, well, let's cut that and then we can get a better deal. Yeah, to be clear, I you know I think everything that has happened in 2020 is going to do nothing but you know add kerosene to the fire of of co working and flex office. And you know if you as a brand aren't preparing for that surge and and for really the the, the changing landscape of co working that is mm-hmm. that is now in front of us, then you're probably not going to be in a good situation. But if you are preparing for it in the right way, I I, I agree with you, Liz. I think it's going to set things on fire in the best of way mm-hmm. for, for, our, yeah. for our business moving forward. And, and that is extremely exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to see where you guys go. Like I'm betting big on Common Desk, as you know. So now let's move away from business and get straight into some fun because I know one thing about Nick Clark and I, we like to have fun. I mean, <laughs> when Nick and I get together, we like can't stop laughing and often act like 12-year-olds, which I'm proud of, which <laughs> I'm true. very proud of. That's so, Nick Clark, what is your superpower? Oh gosh! So my my staff would say defusing a room. Uh, <laughs> the uh, they always give me credit for you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's kind of a nervous tick of mine. If I walk into a boardroom and I'm feeling a little antsy, and I can tell mm-hmm. you know the room has a bit of an edge to it, mm-hmm. I come up with just some outlandish, weird story that just kind of diffuses the room and gets everybody laughing before mm-hmm. really get into to business. And it's kind of become a thing around Common Desk of like, oh man, we're all going to the meeting with Nick. It's an important meeting. Let's see what weird outlandish story he tells. <laughs> <laughs> right in the beginning. Yeah. It gets everybody comfortable and gets everybody moving forward. And what would your son say your superpower is? Oh, uh, well, you know, him and I, one, we do two things every day together. We do happy hour at around 5 p.m. He has a juice box and I usually have a beer, <laughs> let's be honest. And... And after that, we we usually get dressed up, literally get dressed up and we wrestle together. So um, I have a few wrestling superpowers with him. Um, Excellent. We have, we have a lot of fun with it. Last night, I was Thor and he was Spider-Man. And so we have a lot Epic of... Epic battle. Who won? We, the Spider-Man usually wins. Uh, oh. He usually gets the best of me. He cheats. Mm-hmm. He's a cheat. Oh, well, I'm trying to there you go. The true rules of wrestling. Plus, he's got the crafty webs, you know. Can you use webs in wrestling? Well, yeah, he did. Last night, he truly did use his webs to, uh, you know, to to tie me up. And then and I was done after that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. What we would your a- wife say your superpower is? Oh, I can't mention that on this call. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, 12 year olds, 12 year olds. <laughs> I planted, I like lobbed that softball out there for you. FYI, I knew where that would go. Okay, <laughs> last question, Nick. And this one I actually take kind of seriously, I have to say. So let's not go 12 year old on this. What would you tell 12 year old Nick if you could go back and you got like a minute with him? What would you say? I would say slow down. The uh, I've always been somebody that feels like I've got to do everything tomorrow. And as I get older, that's really never been the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me personally, it causes a lot of anxiety, you know, because Mm -hmm. I've got to be everything I want to be tomorrow. And you do have time. I say now, and in a lot of ways, life can be long for for a lot of us. And, you know, a year is long, a month is long, a day is long. And so just slow down and enjoy the moments. You might have heard me say that within our mission statement, thoughtful moments are two words in our our mission statement. It's like, hey, enjoy those thoughtful moments, those those Mm -hmm. human interactions, and just enjoy the journey. You're going to, you're going to mess up most of the time, you know, you're, but <laughs> but hopefully if you keep moving forward, you'll figure it out. But slow down. That would be my my advice to 12-year-old Nick. I love that. That's great advice for everybody. I was just telling somebody the other day, I was like, mark my words, we are going to come to a time probably in two to three years where we're going to look back and say, you know, that that whole COVID time when we all stayed home for that long, like that was great, <laughs> you know, just because of the reconnection down. and slowing us down. Yeah. So there will come a time when we will be saying positive things about this. I absolutely agree. I, I yeah. do agree. So. Yeah. Well, Nick, one of my favorite things about the co-working industry is I get to meet so many people that get to I get to stay friends with and get to connect with and get to know them and their families and we stay in touch and we care about each other. And that's like the best part about the co-working industry is it just attracts awesome people. And you're one of those. And I truly value your friendship. And I really thank you for your time today. Awesome. Well, thank you, Liz. I feel the same way about you and I definitely feel the same way about this industry. So let's keep having fun and I'll see you soon. All right. All right. I'll see you soon, Nick. Thanks. Take care, y'all. And we'll see you on the next Juicy Podcast. Mm